What's up, fam? Welcome back to another episode of That's The Angle with your boy, Bruce Allen. Yes, that is me, your host, the person interviewing, the guy behind all this stuff, in case you didn't know. And just want to throw this out there before we get into this really amazing interview with Trap Bob, is that all these episodes are available on YouTube so you can watch, see what we look like. This interview, however, there was no art in the walls, so it kind of looks like we're in a jail cell. (laughs) But the interview was honestly amazing. It was so good. Uh, Trap Bob came through and dropped so much knowledge on us. Uh, She's one of the biggest artists in DC. Like She has so much hype, well-deserved hype, and just uh, people backing her. And her and her crew, the Gurla crew, they're just really kicking butt in the area. And so to have her on was just such a treat. So I really think there's so much value for everyone, not just artists in this podcast. That being said, if you enjoy this content or any other kind of content, please leave a rating or subscribe to this podcast. Or even better, if you're really trying to make my day, subscribe on YouTube. Just hit the subscribe on YouTube because that's what really matters. Anyways, guys, enjoy. That's the angle. What? That's the podcast. Can we uh, get a nice little Yes. This is real classy. Wine <laughs> mm. on a rainy day. It feels so nice. It's necessary. Right? That little hair on the microphone. So before we get into this, I just need to ask the most obvious question. Why is your name Trap Bob? Because <laughs> I've never found the answer to this question as long as I've known of you. Why? I need to know. Uh, yeah, I used to not answer the question, but now I'm like, there's more, there's more story than my name, so I'd rather just get it out of the way. Um... I really hated nicknames growing up because yeah. my real name is, I guess, hard for people to pronounce, Tenbita. Mm-hmm. And um, at one point, I was like really into like cartoon character backpacks in high school. <laughs> so I had like a Bob the Builder backpack and yeah. my friend like saw me down the hall and just saw my back and just yelled out Bob. And then I guess too many people heard her say that and it became like my nickname and usually i fight them but then i was like it was so funny like bob is so simple yeah like it's like the opposite of my name and it's like two letters and they're just like back to back spelled the same forward backward it was just interesting so i just let it slide and then i would do like different versions of bob like for my usernames like i had like (laughs) i had like oh my gosh base bob at one point and like (laughs) what the bob just like any version of it and then when i started doing my art um gucci drop trap god mm-hmm. and i'm literally the biggest gucci fan in the world so okay. it was just perfect i was like oh trap bob like that's the perfect spinoff and i just kept that one dude okay that makes so much sense <laughs> right it, now it, it makes sense it's, it's so funny the fact that i even gave you the name bob bob the builder backpack and it's like bob's like the whitest most american name <laughs> no it's so funny to me like i love it sometimes i'll order drinks at starbucks and like say bob because i don't want to deal with you know that whole thing yeah and then it'll be like another white guy walking up to like i've had times where we both walk up and are like <laughs> like a stare off like anyone named bob is just always 50 years old yeah exactly right you don't imagine like even a kid named bob it's just funny to me i love that Gucci man mixed with just the old throwback. It's like whatever nickname or screen name you use in middle school, you don't think about or it, like it just sticks with you forever. Yeah, it's really definitive. I think you just right? know yourself well at that time, but like also not at all. Uh-huh. So it's like funny to just decide this is who I'm gonna be now. God, I can't tell you how long I had the word positron in all of my <laughs> nicknames. It was it was like this like video game reference I used when I used to play video games. Yeah. And it was it just I just used it for like ten years. And like just like five years ago, I finally got rid of it. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it's hard to let them go though, because you just feel so sure about it at that time. You're like, this is me. 
Like, I don't know who I am yet, but this is me. Right? It's like, be careful, because you're about to choose your brand for the next 20 (laughs) years. (laughs) Seriously. Like, you have no idea. in the hands of, like, a 15-year-old. Right? That's funny. It's it's just so funny how it all pans out. And it's funny that you mentioned that uh, the Gucci man and that you were inspired by that, because the first time I became aware of you was two or three years ago um, at the Future of Sports exhibition. And I'm Mm. pretty sure you had a Gucci man... Uh, like inspired prayer candle. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. He was the first one I did because, like, of course, like every time if I can make any type of Gucci art, I always find a way to. Yeah. So the candles, I just kind of thought, let me just find a way to honor and celebrate people who look like me, minorities who are like killing it, but don't always get certain types of recognition. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be able to like speak that into the the candles, and it's just such a spiritual and great thing to even just have in your home. So I really just wanted to find different ways to get my message across. And that one, like Gucci was the first person I could think of that I'd want to have a candle of. And then, you know, I added Cardi and, and 21 in and, and that went well. I mean, yeah, it was right on the money at that time. It was like when Cardi yeah. came out, 21 was, was hottest. Didn't Gucci just get out of jail or something? Yep, it point? was when he was like, yeah. I think going through his clone, yeah. his clone time. So it was just, yeah, it was right on the money for um, what people wanted to have. And then I ended up doing another set with Pharrell, Beyonce, and Rihanna. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I, I loved both of them. For real, I still have them at my house. I won't even burn them because I just love them so much. I loved those candles. And that was my first introduction to you. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, this girl, she's clever. Because yeah. I was like, I grew up with Catholic candles. And my, my grandmother had them all around the house and yeah. saying prayer. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is my world's colliding right here. That's what we got to do. We have to bring it into the now. Mm-hmm. And it was just so interesting because that was like, I think almost three years ago now when we really think yeah. about it. That future sports exhibition. Uh, that was a long time like, ago. Like, that was a long time ago. Jeez. And you were like kind of in the corner just set, selling these and there wasn't much else there like people selling. But where in your career were you at that point? I'm pretty sure I was full time freelancing um, and just doing shows, trying to grow. I wasn't like beginning, beginning stages, but it was, I think, like an experimental time for me. Mm. And I, I did a lot of products back then because... I didn't really know what I wanted to do and I had more time. So I just wanted to experiment with different things. Like I said, I'm always trying to find a way to connect with my audience. And like, if I can find a way to bring my work into their home in you know, a different way than just hanging it on a wall. Cause for me, I get bored with like, you know, making prints all the time or even with painting, I got tired of painting on canvas. So being able to be versatile is really important to me. Mm, and that's why you made like that product. Cause was that your first foray into doing something different? No, I think I've done like, I've done so many random things. But I know, I know what you're talking about. It's like, you kind of get tired of just yeah. like the same old square canvas painting on it, make yeah. a print, sell the original. It's just like, God, there's so much more to expressing yourself than just those mediums. Exactly. Cause I realized for me, it wasn't just the, the design that I wanted to make. It was the application of it. Mm. Like I studied marketing in college before I really figured out that I wanted to do art. And so I have that kind of like mindset too of just being able to adapt and like find different ways keep people entertained you know I don't want people to get bored with my work just like I get bored with it so I've done like clothing um I did hats when I started out like and I I don't I don't ever feel like I'm defined by the stuff I make like Mm -hmm. I think as an artist it's great because we can just make anything and still say you're an artist and when I started doing like long sleeves and hats and stuff people wanted to kind of 
get me to say I was a designer, like a clothing designer or had streetwear brand. So weird, right? And I just was like, no, I never, I never wanted to do that. I'm not against doing it, but I don't feel like, I think it's kind of like a simple way to define what type of artist I am. And I didn't mm. like that. So I like to keep it just open and just say artist. I mean, if that was the case, I would think you're a candle like a candle artist you yeah know, but, but I, th- I think these days like a lot the definition and the function of artists is not so one-dimensional anymore like you yeah you ha- should be mer- doing merch you should be doing canvas you should be doing different mediums like it seems like that's the new sort of model for being an artist these days it's like exactly your name is your brand and everything else is just kind of like under the umbrella yeah because you really to even be successful and really support yourself you need a brand it yeah. can't just be the simple like you do a painting and put it in a gallery you really have to build a company that's going to keep you going in the future so i'm like you know of course i love drawing and painting now but what am i going to do with it to keep it sustaining me and then my family and then my family's family like i wanted to keep going so i i don't want to ever be limited by what i can do because as an artist like that's what we do we create whatever it is so if i can go and make a design for some company's you know, merchandise or make some type of toy. Why can't I just make that for myself? And, you know, mm. I look to Lisa Frank. That is Whoa, my... Oh, what a reference That is my right queen. There. Oh, let me show you my phone case. Oh, my... Look, I'm not playing. What? This Wait, my me, queen. are those individual Lisa Frank stickers? They made it look like what? the stickers, but oh. it's a phone case. Oh, it's Like, the whole thing is, like, on there. Whoa. Yeah, she's, like, oh, my God, one of my biggest inspirations as an artist. She, like, when I was a kid, I had... Yeah. I was Lisa down, like oh. pen, sticker, every single thing. And I just loved how versatile she was. And I loved how about her business she was because I think I even kind of looked at her more as a business at first. Interesting. Because I loved the art. And for me, art is just so natural that I think when I was younger, I just never, it didn't register to me. It just felt like it was a thing. I didn't think I had to think about it. So I loved how business minded she was and how I realized like she was surrounding me in my life. So I think that's where I kind of got interested in, I guess, marketing and business. And then the two kind of came together. Like you looked at her at some point and you were like, whoa, this woman's a boss. Like it's not just colorful stuff. It's like, wait a minute, there's something more going on here. Like she deserves that recognition when you really think about it. She's she's a And she's still doing it. Is she really? Like this is from a new collection, that phone case. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'd be keeping up. So she's still in like little kids' homes and making the color books and everything. She's doing it all. And I feel like she's even like transitioning to like young adults and- Really? You know how like it's like popular now for like people around our age to be still kind of childlike yeah. in the things that we keep. So I love that she's able to adapt to and keep growing. So the fact that she's still relevant and going now is like a testament to why I really felt connected with her when I was younger. And I never saw anyone do anything like that, especially yeah. a woman. That like was some wild stuff, like crazy colorful books. Like, yeah. It was like fuzzy and furry at times. She I, was taking over like everywhere. She was the shit. Yep. She still is. But that was so amazing to me. And I'm like, I never had any other examples of that pushed on me in a sense. So like, even with me being into art when I was young, it was never, um, no one was ever like, consider doing this or continue doing this or pushing me. Like I did well mm-hmm. and I liked it, but you know, at that age, you kind of just go with the flow with things. What do you mean you did well? Like you were in school and like you took art classes and it was good shit? Or yeah, like were... I would go like take, I just did class like in elementary school and I ended up having like, we did like self-portraits in first grade and I had mine like tour around in a show until like middle school, Whoa. like for years. Whoa. And I actually just found it. I have it at home now and it's really, 
Yeah, like I'm disgusted at actually how profound the piece was at the time. Really? For what I did, yeah. Not even the the skill, but just like the message I had in it. It was like me, it was supposed to be a royal self-portrait. So it was me as a princess, I guess, because I was young. And I painted myself, but I painted myself with blonde hair and blue eyes. Whoa. Because that's all I ever saw was a princess or a queen. That is true. Like, and it really, that was my mentality at the time. But then I was like, but I'm black, so I have to make myself black. But I was like, (laughs) if I put the blonde hair and the blue eyes, then it was like on point with the message that I had already been given, you know, through movies and whatever. So oh, I could see how like an adult would look at that and be like, whoa, this girl's totally, ex- she's talking some stuff right now. Exactly. Like, and me, girls, I was yeah. just like, this is what, this is just how I see stuff. So even the style I kind of painted it in is similar to how I do now, like strong lines and just like basic bright colors. Um, so now when I look at it and, and I think about the other work that I did at that age, yeah. like I was the person in my class who like I think we made clay sculptures at one point and everybody made a sun and I decided to make like a crescent moon and it was actually really cool. Damn. And then my art teacher broke it. <laughs> I'll never forget that shit. I was like, is this a sign? Like I, I remember being <laughs> sick over it. And, and now that I think about it, that's how I feel about my work now. Like if anyone messed it up or touched it, yeah, that's like the worst thing you could do to me. Where it's like mess up one of your pieces? Yeah, like just anything like against my work that mm. just I'm like i i can't i can't take it so now when i think about it, it really all came full circle but yeah at that time like i i felt connected to it but i didn't continue that like there wasn't it wasn't pushed you know like you take science every year you take yeah. english whatever but yeah. art didn't continue so to me at that time i was like oh i'm not supposed to do that then no i know exactly what you're talking about because yeah. when i was in high school that's when i found like my passion for photography but at that point there were no examples of yeah exactly. any professional photographers there were some social media where i could see some like 12 year old dude flossing or something like that mm-hmm. it, it was just like okay like that's all it is. And there wasn't one person who was, who was like, hey, Bruce, you know, you're really good at this. Maybe you could make this a career. Like, that was not a thing. And maybe it was similar for you where it's like, you're, you're, you're clearly talented. Like, you're crushing in school. And, and, but no one's like, yo, you should uh, think about being a graphic designer or yeah. like taking this seriously. It never came up. Not even the idea of like doing graphic design. And my dad is an artist. Mm-hmm. And he even, like, he raised me creatively, I think. I definitely had that mindset since I was young, but it was never just to that taken serious level. Like I would do like the doodles and bubble letters and stuff all through school. Like I was the one who like was known for that. But the idea of taking art class or taking it seriously was always like people want to take art class for an easy class yeah, or to just like be lazy or something. It was like an easy elective. Yeah. And I didn't, I don't, I didn't work like that. Like I was serious about school, even though I didn't really feel passionate about it I just knew how to be disciplined and do well so I felt like I was like that until like senior year of college and then I was like I need to find something I actually like doing like you were like dedicated to doing art I wasn't dedicated to anything really like I was studying business I was good at doing what I was supposed to do so I would do well in the classes I needed to take you were a good student yeah but not because I wanted to just because that's how I was raised to be you know just to be good at what you do and, and to be committed to things. So I did like sports and I was like dance team captain. Like I was like, Damn. yeah, I was a big on leadership and stuff like that. But it was, and I cared about those parts of it, but yeah. the actual, like, I didn't really care for the way they handle education in this country. I don't really care for the way that in business school, I was pushed a lot to get into these corporate environments, but people who, 
didn't, let's say, get into a business school, couldn't get the resources that they might need, even if they're not going into a corporate environment. And I didn't like that. So I, I felt like it was important to be an example of a balance between the two of doing what you want, but also knowing that you need a business mindset, you need education, things like that. So that's so rare. It's so rare that as an artist, you have that business mindset, like that business background, because a lot of artists are wouldn't. lacking that. Yeah. It's like almost like you have to decide which way to go. And for me, I started from, you know, the business side, but it made so much sense to me when I started getting into art. Like I just started uh, drawing and painting because I was just bored and kind of stressed out with yeah. school. And I thought it would just be a good relief because I hadn't done it so long. And then it, I did it and I was like, this is all I can do for the rest of my life. Like really? I have, I was a hundred percent like this, ha- I have to change everything. Wow. I've like uprooted myself. I mean, I still finished business school and like, I was like a president of like a business association, like coming from painting class, like covered in paint. So I was trying to really get that idea across that you can utilize both sides of you. I'm not going to lie. It sounds like you just excelled at everything you did in school. I was, you were like I mean, really good at like formalized education. Like I just was like one, like I'm Ethiopian. My parents came from the, from immig- Ethiopia. The so yeah, so I'm strong. first generation, the oldest of four. So I didn't have really a choice, but I, see that. I, I, I did it cause I thought it was important and I still do. But I feel like when I started thinking about being an artist, it was almost like they were conflicting mentalities and I didn't like that because I feel the same as I would feel if I didn't do art. Like I still care about the things I care about, but now I get to add my expression to it. Mm. So that's where I really, once I made that transition, that's when I really started getting into like a business mentality and thinking about having my own business. And um, Do you remember the moment where you you kind of had the thought like, whoa, like I wanna do this or I want to be an artist full time. Do you, do you, was that like a distinct moment or was it just kind of like an overtime thing? It was like a time of my life. I think I don't remember the exact moment, but I know as soon as I started getting back into art, it just took over my life. Like it was literally all I could think. Like I couldn't even look around a room and not think about how I would draw shapes and stuff like that. Like it was to that level, it was in my head. So that's when I realized this is what it actually means to love what you do. Mm. And I just found any way I could to, to do it. Like I did paintings for myself. I would like, I think it was on Instagram was starting out. So I was just sharing drawings and stuff like that. And is that how you started? Like you were like, yo, let me get back into this. And then you just started sharing it more. How did you start the the process from being in school to making it full-time or part-time than full-time? What was that process like for you? I was uh, finishing up at UMD for undergrad and I was, I took like a, painting class I think like an intro to painting class and I learned oil painting and then I at first like I kind of treated it like I treated school like I did what I had to do to get by I didn't really like put the care into it and then I started deciding to care about it um and I finished school I think I tried to work but it was all like I did like temp stuff or like I I worked for an interior design company Mm. for like two years randomly um, but there, the, the woman who ran it, um, she had had her business for like 30 years in DC and she was really big. Like she was like competing with the big contractors in DC, but she only wow. worked with herself. Wow. So she had me come on and work like side by side with her. And she really taught me how to run a business. She taught me how to like 
do everything. And I kind of got laid off that job, actually, because she stopped getting projects. And then at that <laughs> point, I was like, okay, time to go full time because I couldn't do like a regular work environment. Like even when I had that job, it was work at home, very like independent working. And that's how I like to be. So I didn't want to put myself in a position that I felt like I wouldn't be able to be my best in. Yeah, but she put you on a game, though. Like She, she gave really you, like, direct did. business lessons. Like, that's stuff that people work for free for, that internship. Like, that's real boss lady in the trenches trying to start something mentality. That's so valuable. Yeah, it was, it was a life changer for me. So that was when I knew, like, I was like, I have all the info I need. I care about my work enough. And I had already been doing like some shows and some some stuff, but it wasn't full time. Mm. But I was showing a lot, a lot of the same work, but just like almost every weekend I did shows. And I just kept spreading my name. And it was like I was sharing my work while I was finding my style and finding my voice with everything. So that part was kind of weird. Um, but I'm glad that I was able to be transparent because it's like important to me to show people you can grow and being consistent does get you a reward in the end so how long have you been on the journey for since like 2015 seriously i would say five years though yeah that's that's crazy seriously a long time and i met you like maybe like 2017 so you were two years into it at that point yeah and then for me it's like i guess that is a long time when you think about it but i could there's like no timeline for me you know Mm -hmm. i'm just going to keep doing art and things will change as i do it and of course i'm I'm growing and i want to keep growing but if you really want something and you care about it, like there's no limit on how long you'll do it. And I sat down with myself when I really started taking it seriously. And I was like, okay, would I sleep in my car to be an artist? Would you? And it didn't even take me a second. I was like, I don't, I don't do anything. I don't Damn. think it would come to that because, you know, I know I'm good at what I do, but I, I literally could not do anything else. So at that moment was when I was really like, all right. Like you will leave it all behind it. to make this. Yeah. Your, your your thing make your passion your main career make it like how you make your money yeah and i didn't even know how but luckily at the time also it was like artists were resurfacing and getting into like collaborating with these big corporations and getting paid and and being able to sustain themselves hold up one second you're one of the few guests who actually knows that talking to a microphone so i gotta change the level yeah i got you Sorry to cut you off, but you you don't understand how many guests I've had on this show who are like the microphone's like a mile away from their face. Like you're on. I'm like, oh my God. And like, I'm like loud in general too. So. Yeah, I was not prepared for it. I was like, oh man, she actually knows what she's doing. Like I, I was like, oh, I wish I had like a mixer right here. I would have yeah, done it. But I've become media trained now because I've been doing so many interviews. Like as soon as you started talking, I was like, oh God damn it. Like I had given you a little bit more gain because I was listening to my past podcast and yeah. people wouldn't notice it, but I was listening to my past podcast and I was like, oh, they're a little quieter than me. I don't like that. Yeah. And the way I record, I can't really fix it in post. I can right. do so much. Right. It's like, all right, I'm going to give her a little more and I'll go a little less. It's all good. It's Damn all about it. adapting though. We got it now. I'm sorry. What were you saying? Um, yeah, it was like a time the artists were really getting like opportunities and getting out there. And there was a okay. lot of artists that I looked at um, that from just Instagram that I found and I saw them growing and I saw the cool things they were doing. So, and you were operating out of DC at the, you were, you were operating out of DC too. I think I was in Langley park at the time, but this area, like this general, yeah, yeah. all my shows and stuff were all in DC. Um, but yeah, so I started just felt kind of, I, I believed in the whole, like, I hate to say fake it till you make it. Cause it sounds fake, but just a little bit. Thank you. Um, I really believe that if you want to be something, you have to think of yourself as that. 
and you'll become that. So I looked at like, even like Google was like the only time in business school when I wanted to work for anyone, I thought of Google. So I looked at myself like I want to be a Google artist, like at that level type of business mind. So I treated myself like a big corporation or like a big artist that I looked up to. And then I knew that in turn, people would have to treat me like that. And I would be working at that level and it would just, it would just keep going. So that's what I did. Yeah. I don't know if it's faking it until you make it. I think it's more like you're, you're projecting or living like yeah. the person you want to live like. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're, you're, fake it until you make it is just simple. Like, it, 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 yeah. It's like, it's like you're, you're, you're faking it. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, this is what I'm trying to be. So I have to start it at some point. Yeah. You, you can't just have part-time artists in your bio forever. Like it's exactly at some point you have to make that switch. You're like, no, I'm, this is what I am. No yeah. matter what level I'm at right now, this is what it is. Cause it's easy to have imposter syndrome, especially when you start out. And that was a big thing for me. And oh I still God, I dealt know. with it internally, but I was like, I'm not going to show people that I don't feel comfortable in what I'm doing because then mm-hmm. they'll never believe me. But if I like show what I'm doing and what I want to do and, you know, be transparent and consistent about it, then that's where you get real support and you get people who really want to see you grow. And, and I, I literally like the people that have supported me since I started, I'm so blessed because they didn't have to, you know, I didn't really even have as much going on for me when I started out. So to have like specific, even like leaders in DC, like um, Morgan who does a creative DC was one of the first people to really support oh, wow. me and huge, huge highlight my work. Too, yeah. yeah. And you know, it was right when they started out and I think I just put something on the hashtag cause I found it. Oh. I didn't really know what it was, but I was just trying to get out there and she really like from day one, she supported me. She's had me do a lot of projects with her. Um, I did a residency at the a creative studio um, and she she really made such a difference with my career. So I always appreciate people who support me. And I try to support people that I think are authentic and serious about what they're doing because there needs to be more people like me. Well, you can see artists. it. You can see authenticity mile away, whether yeah. it's online or in person. Like You can see if someone means what they're doing, if they're serious, whether or not you agree with their level of skill at that point, you can still be like, exactly. damn, Bruce's podcast, he sucks ass. But in a year, you know, it'll probably be pretty tight. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, potential. Like, That's really what it comes down mm-hmm. to is the potential. So, and even when you don't know if you have potential or not, I guess, if you're questioning yourself, you got to move like you do. Blissful ignorance sometimes is all you need. Yeah. <laughs> so really, there are some people who, you know, they're really full of themselves about their work and it might not be there, but you believe them. Yeah, And right? you want to see them get up there. So, yeah, I love seeing people that are just excited to put themselves out there and don't move from a place of fear because mm. fear just destroys everything. So when I feel like I'm afraid of something or afraid of taking a chance, then I know that's what I'm supposed to do. Really? Because that's what will take me to what I want to get to. You know, like if I'm only doing things that I'm comfortable with, then I've plateaued. Mm, big facts. Yeah. And it's not, nothing's going to help me grow from there. So that's one of the biggest lessons I learned early on. And that's how I still feel like I continue to grow. And I think it's helped me grow faster, too, because I'm not taking time just like floating around. Mm. Really like I'm like trying to scare the shit out of myself. That's how I think of it. Really? What was the last like project or something you had that where you felt uncomfortable or, or, or discomfort or really challenged. Is there anything that comes to mind? Like the last thing you're like, Oh God, I don't know if I can deal with this brand or I can make this deadline or like, I think I feel like that with every project. That's like something I haven't done before. Or even okay. if it's like a, a more publicized thing, like even winning, um, the Paps Brew Ribbon contest and, thinking about and having the can, you know, like I, it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so thankful for the opportunity and I loved working with them. But in the beginning, it was like even hard to believe that 
my work was going to be seen by so many people or to be highlighted so much or to work with a company that big. Like I didn't. Yeah, that's gotta be crazy. Like, yo, my, my art's gonna be on a can of beer. What the hell do I put on this can of beer? I didn't even, and you know, when I made the design for the contest, it was like the last day and I had like, it was a time when I had all these projects that fell through and things, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was just like, I wanted to work with them. And then I realized the contest was about to end. So I really just went into it like, I'm going to make a very me design. And if it wins, because that's what they want, then it'll, it's meant to be. If not, it doesn't mean any, like to me, it doesn't mean anything about the level of my work. It's just about when you work with other people, they have to want what you have too. You know, and it needs to be commercial enough. But I did have that idea of like commerciality into it um, that, that, when I made that it. That is an interesting line and struggle. I think a lot of artists always deal with this. At what line is it, fuck you, this is my art versus this is my art and it's slightly more commercial. Yeah. What's, what's your take on that? Um, I mean, like I said, I came from a business background. So I understand the importance of um, being marketable. And I don't think that it has to take away from your artisticness. Like, I don't think it has to take away from what you would create. For me, I like creating things that catch attention and but would you, make you Do you, you find wanna... yourself, like, censoring your art on the, for the edge of being marketable? Like, when you're at home designing your intimate moments, are you finding yourself being like, oh, maybe I shouldn't draw that blunt, or maybe I shouldn't put that in there because if someone sees this, like, is that a balancing act? You it know? is definitely balancing, I think, mm. because, I mean, I try to make my work a reflection of me. I think of it like a mirror. Um, and I put stuff in that sometimes isn't like as acceptable, like smoking and, and things like that. But I also like want my art to make it far. I don't want to alienate people. That's a big thing for me. So that's why I even do hands a lot of the time because mm -hmm. I want people to be able to connect with it. So I pick and choose when I really like fully go into it, but I never feel like I get limited. I always feel like my work is my work. It's just you know there's a time and place for everything and um just as much as i think that artwork like on a beer can needs to be marketable and people want to pick it up i think the same with my work i want someone to see it and want to like buy a print or to find out more about me and what i do stuff like that so i think it all kind of falls into the same place um, how did that beer can thing work out like so so you submitted and you won did they give you like a bunch of money like what was that process yeah so it's uh they have a yearly contest and this was the first year that they actually had three winners because Whoa. they couldn't choose between the designs i guess and it was a 12 ounce can a 16 ounce can and a 24 ounce can and mine is on the 24 hey, which is great because it worked well with the you the ufo with the hand reaching up um there's a good amount of space but dc doesn't sell that size so it's been hard it's that's been a very sad. hipster city size it's like a richmond size someone in richmond's like yeah her, her beer is sick trap is dope yeah it would have been perfect but you know, that's, that's out of my control, but it's been, it's all over the country. Like I actually, when I was in Oakland, Oh no way. Yeah. I was in Oakland a couple of weeks ago and I ran into it at the grocery store and I had like a whole photo shoot. What does that feel like? That's <laughs> gotta feel so good to see yeah. art in a public place like that. That is just, it's such yeah. a surreal feeling. It was like, they're literally like my babies. Like I feel like I just ran into one of my kids. That's how I feel about all my work. So I <laughs> screamed, I bought all of them and then I told them they needed to restock <laughs> I was like, you guys are out of these really cool cans. Genius. Yeah, I think you need more of these uh, 16 ounces back here. They're or? so popular. Like, they're all gone. I was like, my friend was looking for them. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's tight and it's crazy because the bigger the projects I get, the more time they take, you know? So this contest, like I won over a year ago. Whoa, and it took a year just to roll out? It came out in, I think, September, October, the actual can mm -hmm. started printing out and um, 
We got some in D.C. because I did like a can release party at somewhere and we got some at Big Chief. Um, but yeah, I've, I've run into it in like other parts of the country a lot. And I have people tagging me all the time in other cities. And Do you like PBR? Yeah. Oh, you are a beer actually, drinker? I actually like it. Like I'm, I'm a beer drinker. I'm more of like an IPA person. Same. But when I drink a light beer, like PBR was my choice. Like at, in, at uh, College Park. You know they they were all over the place. So yeah, that was when the I was only in college. One. PBR was it was that was my go to at the bar. Like yeah. five dollar draft PBR. Say less. Exactly easy, cheap. Like <laughs> yeah. and I really liked um, how artistic they were as a brand. Mm-hmm. That's actually why I entered the contest. I had been watching them for a while, and I just wanted to work with them in any capacity. Well, because Chris Pirate really kind of brought them in this market, didn't he? Or was that before? Well, that? he so he um, was their first like kind of artist that worked as a rep. Okay, so I see what you're when he <clears throat> he came in right after I won the contest, actually. Oh, so we kind of okay. both started working with them at the same time, and it was it was great because then we were able to be artists that were also bringing the brand to the creative scene here. Mm-hmm. So they were here, but just not, I think, as much in our community. So it was cool to be able to do that, and they made a lot of um, different products with the with the design they have like backpacks they just sent me a snowboard which is like crazy Are you serious? yeah with your designer just with my design with... on it what? like they make them for the company like they sell the stuff what? for internally and, and events and stuff and they always send me whatever they make so they made a crazy beer pong table that's my favorite one they send you that too yeah, i have like a bunch of them it's it's crazy. yo if you send is it look like this table yeah, but longer. Like, oh, man, it's I, like I can't long. use that. Oh, yeah. it's like a legit it's, size beer pong yeah. table, like skinny, like like a little lane and okay. all that. Like it, it's, and I never even played beer pong like that. But now I'm a champ because <laughs> I just take the table everywhere. I'm like, come on, we got house rules. It's always my rules, and I always have to win. Like, that's the only way we can play. Yo, I I can't tell you how many games of beer pong I have won in college that were just the game breakers. I'll never forget this one moment where it was like tied up. And you know how when you go overtime, it's like three cups? Yeah. I got the bounce back on two cups left. Behind the back for redemption. What? I got it in. I'll never wow, forget that moment. And we legendary. ended up winning the game. And I was just like, it was, I was probably drinking PBR too. Look, <laughs> to completely it honest. all makes sense. It all comes together. But that's such a look though. Like, yeah. To, to be an artist in this city where art is very, I feel, underappreciated in the level of artists. Now I feel like it's rising. Yeah, for sure. Historically, it's always been been very low. Most big artists don't decide to plant the roots here. Yeah, that must. That's a huge look to a big corporate, national, world, global brand like PBR. It's crazy, and it was really exciting also to be able to represent DC too, because no one really looks here for a lot of things. I mean, we're getting up there for sure. Like I definitely call this a renaissance that we're in, a creative renaissance, but. You know, while I'm growing, my big thing is to bring eyes here too while people are learning about me because mm. the reason I'm so able to create and do so many great things is because the area inspires me so much. Like, no matter where else I go and work, I always miss DC every wow. single time. Like, it's nothing like it. I mean, I can have fun like in LA and New York, of course. It's like a cute visit, but to be real, like, there's nothing that feels like being in DC. So, I'm always trying to get the recognition up and get us to be up there with those big cities because all the talent's here. What do you like about DC? It's just like the energy. I mean, honestly, for I think people don't aren't raised or grown up on the East Coast, you might feel like it's like intimidating or people are mean or standoffish, mm-hmm. but I love it. Like I feel like we have this um kind of unsaid 
competition between us all. I mean, it can get unhealthy, of course, but there's a healthy part of it that keeps us motivated. And that's why I think people succeed here and not just in art or music. I think like all around. I mean, there's so many people who are doing great philanthropy here. There are so many people in the political realm. I mean, outside of just artists, DC is a hyper successful town, if not one of the wealthy, the most dense of like wealth towns or cities in America. Exactly. You're going to run into more people here that are doing something than not doing something. Exactly. So it keeps you pushing because you're kind of like trying to keep up and grow. And I think you have to find a balance of it not getting to you in a negative way or making you um, hate on people and their growth. I think we have to learn that a little more around here. You're, you're easy to hate on if, if I was, a, I mean, I'm a visual artist, but I know yeah. in a weird way, I feel like I'm in a different lane than you. But even then I'm like, it's easy to hate on y'all. Yeah, but I think as an artist, if you're an artist, you don't look at other people as, as competition in mm. a sense. I mean, in a healthy way you do, of course. Like I, even my friend artists like, you know, it's always important for me to feel like we're growing together and, and to motivate each other and be excited for each other. But I think that you you should be happy with what you make and you shouldn't feel like somebody else's success takes away from yours. I mean, like, and that's so important to have someone else even close to you that's operating on that level or, yeah. or operating above you. Because if you were the biggest fish here, you'd probably move. You'd probably be like, all right, I'm done with this town. Let's go exactly. somewhere else because it's just a bunch of plebs and I got all these epic brain deals. And it's just like... That's not inspiring. It's not going to push you. Yeah, that's and that's really what I love about DC. Is there's always people doing more than me for me to look up to and to support even. I love being able to support other people. Um, and that's how I ended up in Gurla too because... Perfect. That was one of the things I was going to bring up. It, it all, like, it really came right on time and it was something that we didn't even realize how much it was needed until we did it. Can you talk about what it is? Because I, I, to this day, I still have a very fathom of an idea of what it is. I see it literally everywhere, but yeah. I don't know what it is or what it does. Like, could you please explain that? I feel like I love that about us, actually. That, <laughs> that you can't, that's what, that's my favorite part because I can't fully, fully explain it. Like, we're trying to get to what we um, are trying to do, but I think we're, I think we're doing it and it shouldn't be defined. Um, well, if, okay, if I was to look at it and be like, if someone's like, yo, Bruce, what do you think, girl? I'd be like, yeah, it's like either woman empowerment or black woman empowerment. But at the end of the day, it's it feels like woman-centric, yeah. uh, like a woman-centric collective. That is exactly what we started out as. Hey. We really started out as a party. Um, and that's when I came on was to show my work at the party and then to see if I wanted to stay involved with it. Um, and... Yeah, Damo, DJ Damo, she hit me up. We didn't even really know each other that well. We had worked with each other like once in the past, but she told me what it was about. And I've never been one to work with other people in that kind of capacity or to say I'm a part of something. Mm. I'm very independent with my work, but I wanted to be a part of something bigger than me. And I wanted to be able to support causes and themes and messages that I that I felt strongly about without making it about my work or my art or whatever it was. And so when she told me about what it was, it just something just told me like, this is, this is where you should go. This is what you should do. So I did the first party and it was like amazing. What was the theme of the first party? Was it just like an art party? What was it? Was the... just a, it was just like a party. Like it was a diet when it was still open on U Street. Oh, nice. um, we had like a giant plywood board with my prints wheat pasted on it. And <laughs> nice. It was like rosé and like. So it was like a party that Damo just completely just, yeah, created. She put it together and like the theme was a safe space and mm. really about respect. And it wasn't just for women at all, but it was definitely women centric. We had women DJs um, and it was we sold out. It was packed wow. and it was it was men and women in there. And it was a beautiful party. It was so smooth. It was comfortable. I didn't feel like people were being creepy. I didn't feel uncomfortable with anything. And 
I just really liked the message behind it. And is that because you think party culture is creepy? Like generic club culture? Was that what oh, that yeah. was? It was kind of like a, a stance against this creepy sort of <laughs> twerk on me girl. Or I don't know. It, it's I'm not really a part of that stuff anymore. But whenever I'm in like those clubs, yeah. I feel so just this is nasty. like like what you you want. You're going to go mount this girl and like not even ask her. I don't know. It's like, just so it's just so many little things that that go into the creepiness of party culture. But I think for us, it was more so of creating a party that was for people like us who are creatives. And, you know, DC is all about events and parties, but we're looking, we're always interested in like creatively spun parties, you know, like we don't all just go to the club. We want like, we need everything in one place. There needs to be art. There needs to be a DJ. There needs to be drinks. So you have a balance. That is big facts. That's how I approach all my parties now. I've been getting into party production and if, if you don't have all those things, it's kind of like, well, what's going on here? No one's going to care because mm-hmm. that's just the culture that we have here. And it's beautiful because that's just a testament to who's in the city because we need more than just partying and dancing. Like we want a value behind it. We want to mm-hmm. take away something without having to do like the idea of like going to the museum, you know, which is so simple and, and boring for people. But we found a way to bring that into nightlife, which I think is, is great. And that's how I started showing my work was parties like house parties whatever they just they wanted to have art and i didn't really get it but well, i was like yeah I mean, this makes sense for me i mean these days it feels like art shows are essentially just art parties like exactly you're, like, it's no longer just oh a party in in a boombox playing and it's like no it's like if you're gonna have something it's, it's it's like an art show slash party slash turn up but there's really good art on the walls. Exactly. So that's interesting how that's how you started like that. Yeah. And it made sense to me just like how art and business made sense to me. It was mm. like things that work well together and and allow you to bring different people together. Because I like the idea of being in like a gallery show when I was starting out, one, I couldn't get into any. I didn't even know how. It wasn't even like anywhere near me. Seems like a whole different planet. Yeah. And it was just like even the idea behind it, just thinking about like stuffy fancy like i mean even though that's not really how gallery shows have to be that's just the idea that was behind it and i feel like a lot of people avoid living that kind of life because they don't want to be in that type of environment so i like that we could bring it together and and make it something that was true to the community so even my own first art show i had it was called tropathon and i rented an airbnb in like mount pleasant and it was an art party and I literally just painted stuff and I took all the art off the walls in the Airbnb and put my art up, had a DJ, had a bar, and it was exactly how I would want an art show. Like, I couldn't imagine uh, not having it be a party, too. Like, why wouldn't you party to celebrate the art? Yeah. You know, it just made sense to me. So, I mean, I got kicked off Airbnb because of it, but it was worth it. Yeah, honestly, I'm, you're going to get me kicked off Airbnb because that's what I'm about to do. For, I've been looking for a new venue. It's like, that's a genius idea. Yeah. You, know, like like you might have better luck than me now because back then they were just like, <laughs> it was over. They still won't let me on. Damn, are you serious? Yeah, I don't care though. That's, I got hotels. <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, I don't need you hundred dollars basement. I'm like, oh shit. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the place that I even got at the time could have been bigger, but I digress. But yeah, like I like that. Um, the how do you feel about art galleries now? Are you are you still kind of like eh about the art galleries? What's I don't. I mean, I that? I like them still. I think they're important to have, but I don't feel like I need them. Do you feel like art galleries kind of discriminate on your style of art? Because I feel like your art is not art gallery centric. Like your art might be categorized as street art. Yeah, I think that it. I think the fact that they try to categorize it is the issue. Or urban. Yeah. Which is even worse. Yeah. Like my art could easily be hanging in a gallery, and I could have a you know mm-hmm. a big fancy show. But if there's even a gallery that would 
consider me and then think, oh, it's not fitting, then I don't want that because that's not that's not how I see my work. So I'd rather be in an environment that is accepted and it's and it's celebrated than to try to get into another environment. Like I'm big on things coming to me. Mm. So I really don't honestly I don't reach out for a lot of anything, any of my projects, any of my work. I just put my personal work out there. And I share what I do, and then I let the right things come to me that that fit that and that want that. I hope who's ever listening just wrote that down, because that is essentially how I built my career, too. That's how it has to be, because one thing for me is, like, I'm not going to compromise on my work. It's too important to me, and I'm too sensitive an artist to have somebody, like, I reach out to want to work with them, and then they try to, like, act like they don't really want it, or Mm -hmm. they want to change things. I don't want that. I want someone to come to me excited, just like I'll be excited to work with them. And to really get what I want to make out of it. And if not, there's plenty of other artists to work with. Like, you don't have to come to me. Of course. So I never feel like I'm losing out in that sense. And I, I really do think any creative should move like that. Not like, you know, to too much of an arrogance level in the beginning because you got to kind of be humble. Yeah, but now you have leverage. Yeah, you, you got to, you know, find your ground in it. And, and the whole point of growing is to be able to do more of what you want, you know? So it's a balance of, of having that. So... Going back to Gorilla, that's what I loved about it was the the atmosphere that I was able to put my work into and just the message behind it because there was nothing else like it going on. Like nothing was just supporting women or even just bringing that idea to people's minds. What idea? That that women aren't being as celebrated or having as many opportunities in the creative field. Mm. Because as an artist, of course, when I came in, like the type of art I wanted to make and the the scenes that I wanted to get into were male dominated, 100%. It was all streetwear, street art, things like that, all male. And even now, I mean, really still very male dominant why do you think that is do you think it's like a weird natural thing or do you think it's i think that's just what people see when they think of street art so when they go to find artists it's like you're trying to fit that description in a sense Mm -hmm. and it's not to say that men don't make amazing art i mean there's so many men that i look up to and what they do in their work but i don't think that it should come down to gender even for me as an artist i don't I am a female black artist, but I do not create work in that sense. Of course, my work reflects the messages that I care about and the values and the representation because that's who I am. Exactly. But I'm just an artist. Yeah. And when you start saying like you're a female artist or you're a black artist, it's a way to categorize what you do and how mm. and where it comes from. I don't like that. I think there shouldn't be gender or race when it comes to work. You should be you who makes art that obviously reflects you, but it shouldn't define you. So... In a way, even your name kind of speaks against that trap, Bob. You that could people be think a dude I'm a man or, yeah, people, all the time. Dude, yeah. yeah, all the time, and I love it too because probably I, helps you when you don't expect. I'm not gonna lie, it probably is like, oh, it's Bob. Yeah, sure, it's good. Exactly. I'm like, I'll go to stuff even, and people will be talking to me about me, and they don't even realize it's me. No way, really. Yeah, they really like are confused. Like I see the the reaction in their face, and it's just funny because I like that because even though I'm trying to represent women. I'm still like, I don't want you to think you know what you're going to get. So I love having that little upset too, you know, even like, that's why I like changing my hair color so much and stuff. Like, I just like to be like an enigma. Mm -hmm. I don't want anything to define me except my art. It's very important to me. So every way I can find to do things that go more in that direction, I do. And then, you know, Gorilla, the timing was perfect the girls were amazing and they were also people that i looked up to and helped me grow and and i helped them grow and we really had like a special bond and then we turned into like now we're an agency yeah I, I, 
because looking at it now, I'm like, how the hell did this start? Because now it seems like this really big collective. Yeah. And like, it's just an age. It's like, holy shit. Yeah, like we do a lot of um, panels. We do a lot of collaborations with events where we'll bring in speakers or we'll bring in DJs. Um, all my art shows are all gorilla shows. Like I put gorilla into everything I do. Um, I mean, we did stuff at the Hirshhorn for the students and art lab. We've done festivals. We've done... We have a podcast too. Oh no way! Yeah, awesome. um, we have. But it's all at the end of the day, like the, the core of it is women empowerment. Yeah, and supporting the creative community too. Mm. But you know, from a, from a standpoint of women, have that eye and that voice that we need to focus on too for our community, not just for women. Okay. I mean, in general, of course, as a woman, it might be biased, but I think women are very important to everything, every aspect, every view. Um, we can't really say we know what's going on if we don't know a woman's perspective on it. So I think that even though we're women-centric, it's really just about everybody and trying to get everybody to be in accord. I mean, women women and men's perspective are all equal, but it's kind of funny at the end of the day, it's like the women's opinion kind of matters a little bit more. I'm not going to lie. We're my, intuitive, I you mean, know? if my homie was like, yo, the outfit looks dope and a girl's like yo your outfit looks trash like i'm gonna trust her opinion a little bit more on this one you know it's she'd probably be able to explain it a little better. So. <laughs> yeah it's just like that balance and i mean like i said i support everybody it's not about gender but there's a magic with women especially black women and being able mm-hmm. to work with all of them is like it, it's it's never there's never been anything that felt so right other than when i started doing art it just made so much sense. and Like you working with the whole girl collective. Yeah, and what we do and our message is so transparently authentic. That's what I love about it because I'm not, you know, fishy in any way. Like I'm very straightforward with what I do and, and why I do it. And looking at it, it seems like DJ Domo is kind of like the figurehead of it. Like, like it's yeah, she's pr- a founder. She's a founder yeah, too. Yeah, she's a founder. She okay. got all of us together with the idea. She really like... I mean, I, I could go on and on about how great she is, but she's really focused and driven about what she wants to do. And we've both been able to really grow together mm. as, as freelancers and creatives. And it's such an important relationship to have, not only working together, but even becoming friends now out of all of that. It's so great to have other people, like we were saying earlier, that are going through what I go through or deal with the things. Because when I started out, I didn't have anyone around me. Most of my friends were like, from when I was young and from... Um, college and we all went in different directions and that's not to say that their friendships weren't important but it's also important to have people who understand what you're going through so luckily i've been able to collect like a good amount of artists and creatives with me that understand what i'm going through and i can vent to and support and we can you know do whatever it is but with everything it's a balance it's so important is that support system for for you as an artist when you're really going through like awesome and positive changes, but being able to weigh that on someone and talk to someone about it, because you can't talk to your old friend, Karen from accounting about this PBR brand deal you just got. Like she has yeah. no idea. And her perspective is, is so different. It's operating a whole different level than when you're talking about. It's- yeah. Real. Like someone who actually understands what went into that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, anyone who's not in it, all my friends are supportive of what I do. Even my parents, they don't really, they did not understand what I was doing when I started out. And honestly, they, like, I had to fight with them. Yeah, I'm throughout. not going to lie. You said that they were, like, kind of immigrant mentality. I can see how that's a huge deal. They're very accepting and they're very, um, they, they believe in me and they trust me because they know how dedicated I am to things. So it was a whole transition we went through when I started <laughs> deciding to get into art. But I was like, I can this, imagine. I just was like, I'm not asking. I'm telling you guys, this is what I'm doing. Damn. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to show you that it's going to I'm going to be fine. I'm going to mm. take care of myself. 
and um they know how much i love it and they 100 like they are my biggest fans they probably overshare everything i do like every article every interview my whole family has my like logo stickers on their phones oh, that's like, awesome they i mean it's like they're so so supportive but they definitely didn't understand what i was doing at first yeah. until i started getting into the like company names that they had heard of you know like yeah. apple yeah parents never understand until they like have to until they can it's like a big deal oh what you're doing what yeah like it needs to be on their level of mm-hmm. understanding so if you're not in that field it's hard to to get what it is but you can still be excited and support so they get excited some of the stuff they're just like oh okay and like for me it's a big deal and i'm like <laughs> like whatever man don't you hate that when you tell someone about something and, and it's like no this is a huge opportunity like okay yeah it's fine <laughs> like no i want you to ask me about it so i can talk about that shit come on yo i'm like that's why i just go tell my cats <laughs> like i never feel bad about their reaction they're just still like like blinking at me and i'm like you get it how many cats you got two. Oh, that's awesome and they were born on my birthday they're my everything holy shit no yeah, way how perfect. does that work out i have no idea i've been a biggest cat hater my whole life too Ah. I've literally been a dog person. I I slandered cats my whole life until like I got them like two years ago. My dog passed out of age and um, I went out of the country and I came back and my mom's coworker had a cat that had kittens and didn't have anywhere to put them. And my mom was like all sentimental about our dog. So Mm -hmm. she's like, we'll just get another pet. And I saw them and I was like, well, I started with one, but then the brother needed a home too. Then they both ended up coming and then i was like okay i just love them now that's so much so better cats should have you should have two of every animal if you're gonna have a pet you should have two i've always yeah. thought that because then I, I didn't realize it until i got them too but it was like healthy for them to have each other and now it's just like they can go play with each other and leave me alone no you make me miss my cat i got a cat as well see you, you get it i know i get it. honestly i was on the same side my first my first pet was like a dog and i had him forever and i was like oh fuck cats fuck cats yeah but then just randomly when i was in college this girl i was dating her co-worker had a cat that's always how it happens and like it needed to be babysat but she was out of town and i was in town and i was just like all right let me watch this kitten for the weekend and i just fell in love with that cat and by the end of the weekend i was like yeah this guy's not getting his cat back and luckily he didn't want his cat back so i kept (laughs) (laughs) but they're just so easy like i used i think that they just i literally realized that they have just a bad reputation dude cats that's from the ancient times like what way back like they are cats were worshipped in this country i mean oh in this country they are seen as like street rats mm-hmm. you know like they're like treated like they just even like black cats yeah the but whole but my cat is black one of them's black one of them's tabby no i don't like that they're yeah. amazing you know they don't sell black cats like during halloween they won't sell you a black cat like it's like an off-limits thing because they try to kill them is people, that what it people is buy, get, people kill black cats wow. it's that deep that's what, what i weird I've, superstition I've, that's what i've like learned now that i've had cats so i'm like I just, they're so simple. They're easy for, I can work and they just, I mean, they sit on my laptop, but they mind their business. Cats are the artist's best pet. I, I 100% I 100% believe that. believe that. I mean, I love seeing an artist with a dog. You know, it's cute. But you know that dog's you know, a they're pain. Struggling. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get anything done. At you least, can't. Yeah, at least the cat, like, I mean, they're going to bother you at some point. Like, like I said, sit on your laptop most of the oh, time. Oh yeah, I've had that happen so many times. Just walks across and she's like, no. And, Every what time. button do you even hit? I don't even know. <laughs> They've changed my design sometimes. Sometimes I let it rock. But for the most part, they take care of themselves. Yeah. Because when I think about having a dog, I'm like, no. I don't have it in me anymore. No, because when you're working and you have one dog, the dog is literally sitting there looking at you. Yes. Like, it's just staring you in the face and you're just like, stop looking at me. It stop. needs stop. attention all the time. And, right. it's, and, it's, and it deserves attention. It Dogs does. deserve all the attention, just not mine. I can't give it all the time. Have you noticed, like, the... 
single working woman phenomenon of getting dogs, like replacing their kids with dogs. And they bring it to the office. Such a DC thing. I feel like it's such a DC thing where these like like late twenties women get dogs instead of having families. I see it everywhere. They just like. I mean, I feel like it might not even be instead of families, but it's. It feels good to have something, you know, like with anyone having a pet, like something to love when you know that you can't handle a whole family at the moment. Like me, I'm like about to be 28. Kids and like taking care of stuff. Not that I don't want it and love it. It's just the timing. Like I have too many things I need to do and work on and my focus is somewhere else. So the idea of going into that versus like getting a pet is... That's an easy decision. You Do you know? find it's hard to maintain a dating life while being so driven and focused? Oh, yeah. It's like, I can't. Really? <laughs> I just can't. Like, you're just like, Like, nah. my priorities, that's what it is. You know, it just all comes down to priorities. And, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that I don't think about at this age just because I know that I have so many things to work on. Like, I've, like, you know, been in relationships and dated, and it's been... It's great, of course. I think love is very, very, very important. You know, I love love, but the timing of it is where it's like hard to find that balance of because I can care about somebody, but I care about my art more than anything. Right. So, so if I need to work, balance, right? yeah. So I'm, the way I feel is like I'd rather not put somebody through that. You know, if I honestly know that it's really not, it's going to be hard. Especially if they have a normal life. Yeah, I mean, then, you're going to hate me. Then it's even harder. Yeah, they don't understand. They would, they would hate me. Even like my friends. I mean, luckily my friends support everything I do and they understand mm-hmm. my schedule and how I work. So I don't have to worry about, you know, if they feel neglected or, or what have you. But when you like in a relationship, that's a whole nother, <sighs> that's a whole nother thing. So I'm not even going to hurt nobody like that. It's like, you already know, it's like, I'm dealing with all this stuff. And then you want my time, but really I'm already thinking about what I'm going to do with my time to create. It's like, God damn it. And I have no time. Like, no, no, no time. It's hard because I feel like in your 20s is like that time when especially someone doing what we're doing it's like you have to be dedicated and it's so hard to balance that and love and relationship because it's it's like let me it's like do i sacrifice now for for my future happiness it's yeah. like it's such as it's like this weird balancing act even balancing like a social life right like just with friends it's hard like i try to even go out in the city as much as I can and support everyone. Because like I said, in DC, like everybody's doing stuff all the time. It literally, there's no downtime. So it's like, if I'm not working on something, then everybody else is working mm-hmm. on something and I want to support them. But then I'm like, I need to do my work because I'm not yeah. doing anything now. And it's, it's like a constant battle. I never feel like I have free time. It's like, I'm just, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good problem. Like that's honestly yeah. like, like a blessed problem is like you know, the fact that I, Free time is wasted time in a way. Yeah, I know. I don't even like the idea of being bored. Mm-hmm. I haven't felt like that since I was in college. Right. That's since so- I started art, I've never felt bored because there's always something to do. Mm-hmm. I probably should learn how to rest a little more, but I just am like, there's always more work to do. There's always more that I want to create or explore or like I always tell myself in my downtime, I'm going to learn more mediums or, you know, whatever. Because I taught myself everything. So it's oh, not really you're all self tired. Yeah. So I don't I don't I feel like there might have been things that I missed, you know, because I, I just kind of learned and made like mm-hmm. kind of went along with it versus getting the full foundation. So even like illustrator, I taught myself that first after painting. And then uh, maybe like two years ago, I went back and I did like a YouTube class or Linda or something just to look at the basics. 
I learned so many shortcuts and like things that I'm just like, wow, this whole time I've been struggling and I could have done it this way. So I try to like revisit everything. Command Z, it's all you need to know. That, yeah. Well, that was the shift, first one I learned. Shift Command S. That, that's the main thing. That's right. Then the I started learning one. shape building and Oof. like converting points in certain ways. And, and the way I had to learn it was so hard because I just was playing around. That's I'm not going to lie. I find that doing something creative, it's nice not to know the weird school fundamentals i feel Definitely, like that fucks you up like, yeah I, I feel like it hinders you more than it hurts it changes you. you yeah like i i'm actually thankful that i didn't go to school for art because i don't think i would be making stuff the way i am now you'd be you'd be you'd be in this box in your mind like oh if i make this i can only do this like you would, yeah. you would have these weird set parameters of what is an artist supposed to be doing yeah instead i feel like i started from what i wanted to make and then i've learned how to through the mediums. Like just figuring it out? Yeah, just figuring out how to get to what I was trying to do versus trying to do what I was trying to do properly, you mm. know? And it, it it's adapted like throughout my style. It's all changed. I didn't even feel like I really got a style until like last year. And I still don't really know if it's... Nah, you definitely you have know? a style. I mean, I, I mean... It comes out naturally, I like think. It, That's what I learned. It's like this weird Lisa Frank... No, I'm just kidding. No, but y your style is very like... It's color heavy, bold lines... Um, usually driven around a person, like some sort of person is in there, whether it's like a body part or a person. Yeah, I don't really some, see much some type of like subject. Yeah, I I I keep my work really simple because I'm really bad at like deciding sometimes with my work, and that's why I like freelancing a lot because if I can get a message or a theme to to go from or a concept, it's like easier for me versus when it's just me coming up with stuff. I really get lost in possibility, and I might not ever finish. Your art's really approachable too. Like, it's very digestible for people who don't know shit about art. Like yeah, I want it to be. And that's a big thing for me. I want a lot of people to connect with it. Because mm -hmm. I think art will save the world. And Whoa. for that to happen, everybody needs to be able to understand it. How's your art going to save the world? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just going to keep making it. <laughs> that's like how I think of it. I'm like, art is so indefinitive. That's even a word. Well, you just did a Kobe piece I thought was beautiful. Yeah. It was honestly, of all the Kobe pieces I've seen, it was probably one of my favorite ones. Oh, I thought that. That's great to I, hear. I thought it was really good. And that's why it's so great for me to be able to like do things that are on trend and on time mm -hmm. because while people, while everyone's dealing with this tragedy, you know, for you to be able to see like maybe an artist you really like make a piece dedicated to it or just celebrate it is, is something that you know, can bring warmth to your heart and help you deal with it. And for me, that's, it helps me deal with it. Mm. Anytime, if I'm dealing with anything, even a person, um, something I'm upset about, something I'm excited about, making an illustration is how I do it. So for me to be able to share that and have other people connect with it and, and feel a little better when they see it is important. So like if we lose somebody or if it's a really funny trend that's going on, I want to be able to be the person that lets you connect with that situation in a creative way or like put a smile on your face when you're scrolling through Instagram or something. Well, you're still very authentic, too. There were a lot of other artists creating Kobe inspired work. I was like, eh. yeah, because and then that see, like I can't do that. Like I Kobe means so much to me. And that whole thing really had me like shook it took me a while to do that piece even yeah, because it was really wild, hard to huh? sit with it. And that's how I felt with the Nipsey piece i did too it was really well, the, really hard the nipsey one was hard but the kobe one was even harder because it was like unexpected and out of his control the nipsey one it, it, uh, some party could be like nipsey why are you out there like that i mean it was just a tragedy i, I mean, mean they're the, both tragic but the kobe but this one, one was like was so like, whoa. it was so just like what like i it was I, I i was like in a diner in oakland when i found out it happened 
and everything just stopped. And then for it to be him and his daughter. That was a crazy part. It was when he found that news out. I was like, I was, I was just, dude, that is the It still part. doesn't feel real. And I just wanted to find a way to honor them the best way I could. And also, like, you know, deal with it and process it. And I'm just glad my art could celebrate them. Well, it gets weird because if someone wants to buy that from you, do you... As an artist, it's a weird struggle. It's like, am I profiting off someone's death or am I comforting them? It's, it's kind of a weird catch, isn't it? Yeah, I don't really... When I make stuff like that, I don't even think about selling it. I mean, people have like mentioned making a candle, like I made the other candles, yeah. but I don't even want to get into the selling things. I'm not going to make money off of them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I want people to have the candle to commemorate them, but I don't want any confusion on my intention with that, mm -hmm. you know? So I'd rather just, you know, not do it. If somebody wanted to buy a print of it, you know, we'll figure it out and make it like, you know, just the cost of the printing or something. But I, it's not even, I don't need to make money off of somebody's loss. Like, it's not necessary. Art's supposed to just celebrate. I agree. I agree. I, it's, it's just, it's just always such a weird situation when it's like it art after someone's that's like, oh, can I sell it? Can I not sell it? Even like making a YouTube video about it. It's like, you know what you're doing. It's like you're clickbaiting, like you're getting things. But at the same time, you're kind of like, well, what if you were connected to that person? Yeah, I mean, you can only do your best. That's how I see it. But as an artist, it's so smart to remain relevant and on trend because I had yeah. I had SP The Plug on here. Do you know SP The Plug? Mm -mm. Wow, I'm surprised. That actually is nice because it makes me know that DC's art scene is way bigger than it, than it is. Yeah, but, tell me, please, because I'm always trying to learn about new artists. So he's a poppin' professional artist in this area. And he was saying that like the whole Nipsey Hustle thing, he stayed up like all night just painting that because he was, it was one of his favorite artists even before then. He was like, I love Nipsey. So he painted it. Yeah. And he was telling me the story of how uh, he, there was like a, a vigil next to where his gig was or something like that. So he brought his piece to the vigil just to kind of be like, hey, you know, I want to show you. And he was telling me the story how literally one of his friends recognized him and he's at the back of the crowd and his friend was like yo you need to bring that to the front and he was like what and he was like follow me and so literally he was telling a story of how he's walking through the crowd holding up the nipsey hustle painting and literally he was like people were parting like moses oh, that's so beautiful <laughs> see he, art man no but check this out check this out so, 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 so he gets to the front and when he gets to the front there were like a bunch of like i guess famous people there or something mm -hmm. and someone bought it from him like right on the spot and he and the guy was like how much you want for it? and he was just like a thousand and the guy was like sure boom swiped him literally right there but in my mind i'm like yes i'm like that is how artists need to survive and like live and hustle I'm like that is the, yeah. a prime example i mean even when things like that happen like the best way people want to remember things good or bad is art yeah they they keep art to celebrate people who have gone and they and they keep art to celebrate people who are great there's always a way to do it and i mean with as being an artist you know there's a certain line where we're not really like you might not be into it for the money, but it might make money. Like you, there's only so much you can put energy into. You know, you worry about making the piece so much, then you're going to spend the same amount of time worrying about if you should sell it or if some if you should make a profit. Like if your intention is there, I think that's what matters. Yeah. And it's not about the technicality. So that's great. If he made a thousand dollars that night, more power to him because now he can make more art. Exactly. You know? And he can commemorate whoever comes next. So I don't feel like the artist making money off of their art is not what people should be worried about. Like, go worry about Amazon <laughs> and all of them. Like, let the artist make some money. Dude, I love, I love the stickers around town that someone's posting in Columbia Heights that says Jeff Bezos kills poor people for profit. <laughs> it's the funniest shit. It makes me yeah, laugh so they, much. They got the area shook up. <laughs> people are upset. People are wild in this yeah. area about stuff like that. You know, it's so crazy because it's such like a social activist art town 
Yeah, it is. It and is. That is like yeah, art. That's something I had I learned about myself. I think last year I did a interview or a panel or something and, and they were talking to me about being a um being an activist and an artist and then one of the artists used the term artivist. Ooh, ooh. I don't know. Which even like I was that. like I didn't like the term, but it made me think about the fact that they go together and they I do. realized that I'm an activist artist in a sense and I didn't even try, you know, because oh. it was just so like I say, my work is my reflection, and I'm big on um, representation and, and equality and treating people right, no matter what they look like. I, I've always hated discrimination since I was young for any reason, so automatically in my work comes out you know, that idea, and that made me start getting into activism and doing political art and stuff like that, and not by choice, but because of the way I got into it, I know that it was fitting, and it made sense for me, so... It's like if I have this voice, that's what art is there for. We send messages and we represent and we're it's iconic and it's remembered. And that's why I say art will save the world because it, it's not something that is pinpointed or in a certain language. It's, it, it, it covers everything and it's visible and it's, it's readable to everybody. I mean, you can take your own message away from it, but even with politics, I always say I think art and politics is the most important thing because you can spread your message and your values to your supporters without telling them what to believe. And that's like, I think that's the healthiest way to do politics. Mm, I mean, look at the Shepard Ferry Obama. It's exactly what I was picturing while I was saying Like literally, that was one of the most influential, changing things of pieces of art for maybe a decade. Like that was insane. Like how how impactful that was. And that's just a one example of how... Haven't you done Big work for Elizabeth Warren now? Yes. What was that like? That was great. Was I still project? can't believe Can it. Can I ask about that? Like, yeah. That? I still can't believe that they hit me up. Like, they I just hit like, you up in like the email? Yeah. Wow. They just contacted me and I was like. Please break this up. I'm so curious. I was like, are you, you know who you're emailing? <laughs> like, this is what I mean is like when I be my authentic self, you know, I don't know who's going to accept or deny that. So to be, um to be like contacted by these these big people and companies is crazy to me because I'm really being myself. Is some part of you like in disbelief when you get those emails? Yeah, all like, the time. Are you like, is this real? I still can't. I, I'm trying to tell you, a lot of stuff I did last year, I still, I don't believe that it happened. <laughs> like, I'm just here like, yeah, it says that, but I don't like, I don't think about it in that sense. It's like hard to process. Yeah. But they contacted me and they just loved my work and um, the message I had behind it, they wanted to make Instagram stickers, which are like my favorite thing to make so much fun Ooh. and um they just wanted to get like her message and her kind of essence out to her supporters mm-hmm. and i'm big on like i said you know art with politics you really get your message there and show you can be a supporter and show support through art without being like this is what i'm voting for this is why you know listen to me it's just a natural way to get to people so we really just like made stickers that were about how energetic she is and and how much she supports her supporters and how Mm. available and and open she is and I mean, they came out great. Like they made t-shirts out of them and onesies. What were some like what were the stickers you made? Like what they one of them was like her waving her arms holding a bunch of papers and they said plans. She's like, you know, she has a plan for that. So that was like a big thing. And then we did a selfie line one because she's really infamous about doing these selfie lines with her supporters whenever she does um a selfie line yeah like all her supporters at the end of her speeches they'll just line up and she'll take a picture with every single person who lines up and waits for her whoa she just takes selfies with everybody that's crazy yeah and it it was a great way to um to just show how, how much she cares 
And the last one was a pinky promise from a pinky promise she made with a young girl saying, um, I'm running for president because that's what women do. And I just loved that, that's of course. That's so cool. Yeah, I was like, that's, I mean, it's it's the same messages that I spread. So it it, it was easy to work with them. And it was very natural and honest uh project that we did together and that seems like it fun great. it doesn't even seem like work yeah. at the point. Like, it honestly just seems like fun and for someone who is thinking like wow she got paid to do it. it's like yeah it's because you sacrificed all that stuff beforehand to even be in that position and, oh yeah and people just see that and like oh she's bragging it's like nah it's like you don't see everything else like no, you don't see all that yeah. stuff where you're like you're willing to sleep in your car but you're not now but exactly it's it, it's it's not even a it's not even about money for me at all i mean of course like i have to pay rent and pay my studio rent and cover my business expenses. But growing as an artist and getting more um, exposure and opportunities just allows me to keep creating so that when projects come along that might not be a big budget, it's not about money for me. It's about if I want to do it and Mm -hmm. I don't do things just for money because then my real passion and my, my mind won't be behind it. So even being involved in that and it to be a presidential candidate that whole process went completely different than I would have thought. I wouldn't even think... That's wild. I wouldn't even think a presidential candidate would work with me. Like, my name is Chatbot. It makes like, me think of how she even found you. Like, how, what? Who, who are her... Oh, God. That's what I say. <laughs> That's my agent. He'd be finding all my work for me, and they just... It just comes. You have an it. agent? No, that's God. That's oh. what I'm saying. <laughs> He's the one. Like he brings well, all like, the work. You got an agent. The first person with an agent in this well, city. Holy man. crap! I need some help, man. I need someone to manage me. But are you at that point now where you're thinking of like a manager or an agent or something like that? Yeah, just to um take work off of me. Is it because business wise? Is it because of the influx you're getting, or what is it? Yeah, just the like I've found myself not being able to focus as much on the art creation. I'm more on the business side with projects and stuff. It's a lot of clerical work and there's a lot of like just things to keep up with that I can do because, I mean, like I said, I went to school for business and I've learned how to do it, but that's not why I'm having a freelance company. It's so that I can create art. So the more time that I have to create the art, the better my work will be and the more I can grow versus me spending all my time on my computer, emailing and stuff like that. But I don't know. Even that is hard for me to think of because I'm so independent about everything. I don't want to, I don't want to put somebody else through having to work with me. That's how I feel. I'm like, look, it might not go well for either of us. But that's, that's the thing that people don't, that people don't think about. It's like, as you get better and you get more recognition and you meet more people and you get more opportunities in a weird way. And in an honest way, you, you have less time to be creative because now you have to send off that email or rough that draft, like make that draft or send that proposal. And by the end of the day, you're exhausted. You're like, I didn't even get to create or brainstorm or yeah. do what I got into this to do. It went from 80% to now 20%. And it's like, oh. yeah, I rarely get to draw to be honest. Really? I rarely, I mean, it's like, when there's a project that I need to create it, then that's when I start the creation process. But in between is a lot of catch up and just like business stuff. Just a lot of business stuff. Like, I mean, even me, like I'm not nearly as successful as you. I'm on my way. But even now, like when I look at when I started photography and where I am now, I'm like, damn, I used to shoot like three times a weekend. Now I'm shooting like, and I'm talking about creative projects for myself. And now I'm shooting like maybe like twice a month and that's what you realize it because i used to be just bored no idea what to do no idea where to go and then i was just creating and i was creating probably my best stuff but i didn't know at the time i just was like Mm. i'm just like in a corner i don't know what to do with myself and now i'm like oh 
If I could only go back to those times. Right? Like when it was just so simple. Yeah, it was like, it was, it seemed like I was struggling at the time, but really I was like learning what I needed to do. And then that's how I ended up here because clearly I learned what I needed to do. But it's always like grass is greener every time. Right? Oh, God. Artist life, creative life. It's like there's not a definitive way to do it. Well, it's interesting having you here because on the, on the range of people I've had in the podcast, you're you're top tier artist in D.C., like oh, arguably. Thank you. I know, me know. Still hard to believe, but thank you. I know whether you want to believe it or not. Like when I look at the range of people, like as far as as far as people who are public facing, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm sure there's some people who are hidden who are probably making 30k a painting, but yeah, I don't see them and we don't know about them. But as far as people who are social forward and doing things, it's like you and like a handful of people are pretty much at the top, kind of vanguarding this DC art scene. Yeah, do, I do you hope, ever feel I that? I'd really, I feel like that, of course, because it's like, you know, realistically, I know how much I'm out there and, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm working. And even though as an artist, it'd be easier to not be so public facing, you know, I'd probably get a lot more work done. But True. like I said, I don't, one, I don't feel defined by being an artist that you should only be one way. And two, before I was even an artist, I've been a vocal leader by, by nature. I, I really can't help it. So now I feel like I'm just fully being who I am because I got the art involved in it too. So it's like a balance all the time. And I never feel like I'm doing it right. You know, like not in a way of beating myself up about it, but I'm always trying to find my balance and see what's gonna get me where I think I need to be. And, and I realize it's not really about me thinking where I need to be. I'm just gonna kind of end up where I need to be. Mm. So it's like being settled, but being hungry at the same time, all the time. So do you have like a five-year goal or some sort of, in the future, I want to look like this, or I want to have this? Is that like a thought in your mind? Yeah, I think when I started out, I was a lot more small picture. Mm -hmm. I was thinking very like, like when you're a student, you just think of everything by the year. Can't really see past it. You know, you're like, oh, next grade, like... But then now that I've um, really grown, I'm, I'm starting to get much more about my bigger picture because, I mean, my thing with big picture was like, I don't like the broadness of it. I think people lose sight of the details you have to put in to get to that big picture. So I still focus on the now and what I'm doing and what I'm going to do to get to that big picture. But yeah, now I'm looking like five, 10 years, like I want to have a gallery in DC somewhere. Oh, really? Like a gallery gallery. Like, like like white wall gallery. Yeah, like fancy. And then I'll have my studio on the back so I don't have to leave because I hate leaving where I work. Um, That's interesting considering you're like, I don't really care for them. Yeah, because I'm, but I'm just like, I didn't care for them because I didn't like the way that the, the entry process uh, and the alienation of saying. it. So I want to create a space for people like me. And for people who were like me at that time in their career and they don't know where to go. So I want to be like a resource for the community. And um, also just to have like real estate in D.C. and not let gentrification take everything away from the people who are really here. That'd be so important if you owned that space. That Ex- you were, like, if you owned that gallery, then all of a sudden it's a whole different talk because it's... <laughs> now they have to deal with me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm here to stay. And I mean, even if I end up spending time in other cities or other countries or whatever, this will always be my home. Do you think you'll ever move away? Like even even if you don't want to, but like let's say you get to a point where like, damn, I have to be in LA or New York. You think you, you think I would like do a, short term. Okay. I'm all about like a warm uh, winter. You know? Like I'm <laughs> get all, out of the cold. I'm, for that New York might as well de- stay in DC. That's how I feel. Yeah, I love right. New York though. It's great. But those winters are harsh. That's like what... I'm I'm dealing with enough here, but 
I mean, for work, like I'll, I'll go anywhere. That's what I love about, you know, my work is I can work anywhere and I love traveling, but home, this will always be home mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. What? And let me see what time it is. All right, cool. Um, the DC art scene, it's a really interesting time right now. Like it's, it feels like a volcano under the ocean surface. Like it feels, wait, what are you going to say? No, that's, that's seriously, it's like an eruption is about to happen. No, it, I feel like everyone can feel it. And I feel like it's, I don't know when or what it's going to be, or if it's going to be Gurla really putting on the map, if it's going to be Girls Pirate putting on the map, if it's going to be maybe me, <laughs> you know, like whoever it might be. But like We're all going to do it together for it, real. That's it, where it's getting. It feels like this is like a point in time and it's so weird to even call it out because you shouldn't do that when it's happening. But like, I feel like it's a point in time where people are going to look back and be like, yo, that was the shit in DC. Like that was when it was New York at its prime. Like now New York is like, that's nah, fucking New York. It's, it's, it's done. It's over with. But yo. people are going to look at this point in time, like, yo, like that was the liberating art scene in DC. Yeah. And that's why I call it a Renaissance because yeah, it's really, it. and it's hard to even, you know, for us to claim it and to, to put a, a finger on it. But, um, I look at how the other cities got to where they are and I'm like, we need to all like we do need to pinpoint it. We do need to claim it and say this is what we're doing. You need to see what we're doing. Like if you don't know what's going on in DC, you're missing out. Yeah. That's how people need to see it because that that is what's happening. And I think the only reason it's not like erupted and, and really bubbled up is because we don't really know what to do with it. We've never been in this position. Yeah. Like- and a lot of people who are at the forefront have also been growing with the city. I never dealt with anything like this before, so we don't always know how to go about it. But even like the Sweet Green and Uber Eats dinner that we did. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about that. We'll that is literally that. that's what you know. When they approached me about the project, I told them things like this is what the city needs because yeah. we need to celebrate. We need to be celebrated. We need to be um, acknowledged by the real world and the the, the whole country, not just DC. We need to have these companies that want to come in and, and have us be wined and dined just because we're doing so good. You know, like New York and L.A., that's that shit happens every week. That's normal for All them. the time. That's yeah. Normal. And I'm sick of it. We should have that. Like we work hard. We create. We are inspired. And it's going to take things like, you know, that night where we all just came together and got to have a dinner party yeah that was a really interesting night, beautiful it? yeah it was so beautiful was like to look around the room it was just like i don't even know like it's crazy to me that i'm even like hosting stuff like that you know like but for me it was just more about being able to put on a celebration for everybody else mm. because i know that that's what we we deserve and even though i'm starting to understand that mentality i know it's hard for other people to get that idea here in what the city idea? to think of ourselves on that level that this is the kind of stuff we go to. This is the kind of stuff we do. This is the way we get to be celebrated. We're not just like a creative because we call ourselves a creative. Mm-hmm. We're being acknowledged by others from the outside and, and coming together and being able to be with other people who maybe we don't know or haven't worked with or whatever. Um, it, it, it was just the first step, I think. Well, it's interesting when companies like Uber and Sweetgreen start doing stuff like that because... Yeah we are such a new and young market for stuff like that, that it makes me question whether or not 
motives and stuff like that. It makes yeah. me think about like, okay, what are their motives here? Like what, what, like when I think about that, I'm like, what did they get out of that? Yeah. I mean, and this is something like I've learned as I do these type of projects, you know, what the point of them is and where mm-hmm. the, the motivation comes from. And I've really learned that, it, I mean, motivation can change from company to company. Obviously they're trying to make money, but this is what companies do when they see things moving and they see things happening they jump on trend you know and not to say that what's happening here is a trend but dc is on its way and it's definitely getting recognition and with sweet green being local and then on top of that you have uber eats this giant company it was a it was smart of them to jump on doing that because i haven't seen anyone else do anything like that i haven't seen either unless you're like like a, a certified influencer blogger in your bio no one's really activating the art scene like that. Like, no, because like they, they don't they, even know where it is. It, yeah, they pulled the real people. They pulled you and Amir as the two head people, which I was like, that's accurate. Yeah. And then everyone else there, I was like, everyone here is really cool and doing really cool stuff. Yeah, even I've never even worked with Amir before. Mm-hmm. You know, like I knew of him, he knew of me. But for us to be able to like host that and have our friends and, and like colleagues come together, you know, it was it's great because the creative scene is so undefined. It takes moments like that where we get to define it for a night or we get to say, these are people who need to be celebrated no matter where they are in their career. It doesn't matter. People are doing their work. People are creative. People are talented. And we need to highlight it. And in any form that is, whether it's like getting a gift in the mail or having a full, you know, you know, dinner and drinks and stuff like that, I I think that those things are important because for me, even like self-care is a huge thing for me with my work. I'm, oh, really? I'm, I probably spend more time taking care of myself than I do on my work because. What do you mean like taking care? What do you consider taking like, care Like just like things like maintenance. Like I'm big into exercise. I'm big into health with food and nice. skincare, hair, like every single thing that can make you feel good is the things that I put my priority into because. His nails are popping. Yeah, I need to fill them. <laughs> but those things are what make me do my best work because mm-hmm. I truly believe when I'm at my best, I make my best stuff. And the mm-hmm. reason that I'm where I am now is because I'm so focused on taking care of myself all the time. So when it comes to things like celebrating, even just doing like just fancy shit for no reason, like I want to do that because I want to feel good and then I'll make more good work. Like I'm all about like spas, facials, massages. That like, stuff is so fun. It's so yeah. Cool. Yeah. Someone's like, I'll just be bougie for no reason just because it makes me feel like successful mm-hmm. and at that level of, of whatever it is. So not everyone's on that same page. A lot of times when you're on your way, you don't feel like you deserve those things. True. Something that I learned about myself. And it comes again back to that whole like, not fake it till you make it, but you know, feel like you are what you wanna be. And I think that treating yourself like that will make you feel like you are that at that level. Yeah, I mean, you can't be eating like shit and looking like shit and making great art. And then wait until you're successful to take care of yourself. Yeah, it's like- That's it, crazy. It doesn't make sense. It's like, no, you, you. how about you look good and feel good doing it because you'll probably have more energy. You're and you'll gonna, do better work. And you will do better work. Yeah, because you know? you'll start making work at that level. You'll start treating yourself at that level. Like, I treat myself like a star, for real. Okay. Like, I, to be honest, not in like a, you know, conceited way everyone no, else should I, I treat me. But you know, like, that's how I see myself because- that's where my level of work is and that's how I want to be. So to have that dinner, to put it together for people that might not think like that was important to me. No, that dinner felt good in a weird way. It felt like validation. And you see what I mean? It makes you be like, 
Oh, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to walk out with like my, my back a little straighter or something like yeah. to be confident in myself because this is the type of rooms I'm being in. Like anytime I get an opportunity to be in atmospheres that might not be where I think I am, I always do. You, you can just move it like that. Yeah. yeah, I always like I'll find any reason to to be in an atmosphere that I'm not comfortable in or haven't been in before. No, but you're right, though. Like I, I definitely felt the feel, left there feeling like, damn, like that. Finally, some recognition like that felt cool to be recognized by a huge company like Uber and a huge little company like Squeaky. And I was like, they're finally recognizing us or me in general. And just that look from the public side, it makes mm-hmm. us look cooler from the public facing side. Whether or not they're using us to get some kind of weird content they're going to use to market for their yeah, look, we're hip and cool, we're Uber and Sweet Green. But it's, I'm like, I don't care, man. Like, That's fine. I, you know what, I, I felt real good and I got to eat for free, and everyone thinks I'm a little cooler now, so whatever. That's all it is. Like it, at the end of the day, like I said, marketing is marketing. People are going to make their money. They're going to do it. Yeah. But why not have us feel good and be a part of it and highlight DC? It you would, know, it would be a sad mindset to have been invited to something like that and be like, no, I'm an artist. Fuck big corporation. Yeah, I don't. That this is what I mean. And this I is my big easy thing. mindset for some artists to get into. Yeah, because they put themselves in the box of what an artist should be. Mm. So they're losing the opportunities of the commerciality of it or getting more exposure because you're trying to like stay in this like dark artist box. Right. And I don't feel like that. And I think I'm able to think like that because I, I don't think of myself coming from that traditional mindset of being an artist. I kind of fell into it already thinking what I think. And, um, not to say that there's a way to get into art, but I will say that the way I got into it allowed me to think outside the box and I'll never feel like I'm defined. I just take things as they come. You know, if I feel like something's a good opportunity or a good step, I'll do it. And I don't only think about myself. I think about the community and the people that I work with and and what I want to see in the future. So the idea that there might be someone out there like me when I was younger, not knowing what they're going to do, but really they have this talent and this drive that they never got to take seriously. Like, that's what I do it for. I want them to see me and be like, maybe I should think about the things I actually like right now. And put more energy and commitment into them. I, I, I like I like a lot what you stand for because you're you're proof that it doesn't have to be some willy nilly artist life. Like you're very thought out. Oh yeah. Like your whole career has been very like you went to a business school and like it feels like you're very smart and in not I hate to say calculated, but it's in in a, in a nice way. It it's ended like, up being calculated. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't do it on purpose. I fell into everything because I I fell into stuff because I never felt passionate about things mm-hmm. until art. So then when art came, it was like the last piece that made everything make sense that Uh, I was doing. Because I did every other type of activity you could do as a kid, like sports, instruments. I was like very serious with dance like throughout high school. But nothing was ever like what I loved. But those things helped me be better at what I do now. Like I was even like a salesperson, like at Nordstrom. Every person should work a sales job Seriously, or, or customer service yo, job at some point in their life. For real, it made a difference because I use those same type of things now as an artist. For oh yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely like you know I have the art skill, of course, but there's so many other factors that make me a good artist. Than relationships. Just that that yeah. is the biggest thing. That I'm like, okay, it's like relationships, deadlines, and good art. Yeah. You'll probably be pretty successful if you just think think about those three things enough. Yeah. That's it. Like. Knowing when to not give yourself the excuse of being an artist and being like moody or like flaky about things. Oh, the you flaky know? artist oh. is the worst person. I hate working with those people. I don't. I, hate I, I don't work with them again. And I feel like that's why I get a lot of the work I do is because I have that reputation of being 
very on top of things, always on deadlines, very good at communication. Like all the things that would make a good business, mm. I apply to being an artist. So it's worked out. You should open up like the Trap Bob Business School for Artists. <laughs> that'd be fire program. Yo, look, I got Lisa Frank to come in and be one of, one of the professors. Oh, that'd be crazy. You, is Lisa Frank alive? Yeah. She is? Oh, yeah. She, I'm trying to... Do you know they, she they're look, still going. You know she looks like everything, too? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's older. Yeah, she's got to be old as hell. But she's a queen. I'd be curious if there's a documentary about her. I think that there is, actually. Is and really? she doesn't ever show herself, either. Yeah, I've never seen even, her face. I don't think she even I feel in like documentary she has shows her face. I feel like she's hot. I feel like she has she's an attractive white she, woman. Right? She kinda, I feel like she'd be hot. I don't know She why. is. Even at this age, she is... Yeah. I mean, I would do it, it for the culture, Lisa Frank. I'd be like, yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> She's a queen, man. She's top tier. Like, that's what you're trying to get at. Dude, she deserves recognition, man. I love people like that. So you don't think about them. But man, were they impactful for like millions of kids? Powerful. I just hope people like think of me like that at that age. I mean, I think not one, more. I think one day they will. Who knows how this is all going to turn out? I know. We're all in our 20s trying to figure it out in this crazy political driven world. Like, this, yeah. Like, we're finally getting to a point where it's like DC can be recognized for something more than politics. Right when politics is at its craziest. Right. <laughs> It overshadows us. That's why it's so hard to break out. It's politics is such a dominating factor here that it just exactly. casts a shadow on every other culture here. And that's why the world needs to just understand that we are more than one thing. And that's really what it's about. It's not even like we need to flush out the politics of it because we can't. We're like the nation's capital. Like it's always going to be here. But I think the politics goes into all the other stuff we do too because we represent those things and we, we fight and we, I don't even know, man. We are strong people here. Interesting, diverse people. Yeah. Interesting is the word. Well, Trap Bob, I really appreciate your time on the show today. Yeah, this was great. It's, yeah, it's been so cool chatting with you. Yeah. I, you, I, I've won you off for quite some time, and here we are. Mm. This is what I mean. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. It's awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. For I really sure. enjoyed being with you. All right, guys. Well, that's it. That's the angle. Peace out. Bye-bye. There we go. That was great. Whew. Oh, man.